Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We got a little surprise snow in Pittsburgh today. Yeah, how about that? That was yeah. a shocker for me. Well, we're football weather. Football weather, gearing up for the draft. <laughs> Just a little over a week away. Draft will be over a week away. And, of course, uh, yesterday we got uh, the news that Mike Tomlin had signed a, a three-year contract extension mm-hmm. to keep him uh, as the uh, Steelers coach, presumably through 2024. Yeah. Uh, gotten mixed reviews on that. that boggles my which, mind. Which... I, I don't understand. Right. Um, Mike Tallman's going to be a Hall of Fame member at some point in yeah. the future. I think his resume is stronger than Cowers, and Cowers just Cowers just got in. And I'm not cutting on Cower, especially if you had three more years of wins, even if it's six wins a year. You know, I mean, yeah. either things go drastically south. I mean, they're not going to be two and fifteen going forward. Um, in fact, I think they have a chance to be quite good during those three years, especially a year from now, whenever they kind of. Uh, reshuffle the deck a little bit. So to your point, the next he, he's twenty first. He and Pete Carroll are tied for twenty first on the all time regular season wins list. Okay, uh, Carroll's been coaching fifteen years. Tomlin fourteen. Huh. Um. So Which is the, a feather in your cap too. I mean, right. Carroll's had been pretty successful. Yeah. So the next guys up on the list. Tomlin has one hundred and forty five wins. Bill Cowher at one forty nine. He's going to beat him this year. He's going to move past that this year. Steve Owen at one fifty three. I'm not sure I know who that is. He's a Hall of Famer. Okay. He coached the, I believe, the 49er teams back in the... Uh, 60s they, or something? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe Gibbs at 154. Wow. I mean, Joe Gibbs is a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Yeah. Bud Grant at 158. Another Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Four Super Bowl appearances. Yeah. Mike Holmgren with 161. Mike Holmgren did that in 17 seasons. Wow. So Tomlin probably, probably passes him in the, him in the next two yeah, years. Right, right. Uh, then you're looking at Tom Coughlin at 170. Took Coughlin 20 years to get 170 wins. How many did you say Tomlin's at right now? 145. I think he'll pass. That's 25 uh, wins in, yeah, in four over, seasons. Over three years. Yeah. Four years, right. Four years. Uh, then you're looking at Mike Shanahan at 170. He and Coughlin are tied. So uh, Then Parcells with 172. Took Parcells 19 years to get to that number. Mm-hmm. And Parcells, Parcells and Gibbs are considered two of the greatest coaches ever. You right. Know? He's going to pass both those guys. Right. These are all Hall of Fame-type guys. Mm-hmm. If they're not in the Hall of Fame now, like Holmgren probably goes in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Coughlin is... I, I don't know that Shanahan or Coughlin will, you know, but they're going to be on They'll have on a ballots. good chance, they're yeah. ballots, right. Uh, they, you know, they both won Super Bowls. They both did... I mean, they've they won more games than Cowher, you know. Yeah. And they've, yeah, been quite successful. Coughlin won, or Coughlin won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Grant didn't win any, but, I mean, he's, on, he's in. Yeah, so that's what you're looking at there. Uh, if you look at... Games over 500 for their career. Wow, okay. Okay, Tomlin is 12th on the list at 67. So he's won 67 more games than he's lost. Yeah. Wow. That puts him 12th all time. 
The guys wow. ahead of him are Don Shula, George Hallis, Bill Belichick, Paul Brown, Curly Lambeau, Andy Reid, Tom Landry, Marty Schottenheimer, John Madden, Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy George Allen. How about that list? <laughs> I mean, Chuck Noll's not on that list. Chuck you know, Noll is right. not on that list. Bill right, Cowher's right. not on that list. No, right. And some great coaches are not on that list. I mean, including those two, obviously. Wow. You know, I mean, that's the who's who. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, when, when Marty Schottenheimer died, we uh, Marty Schottenheimer should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be. He should be. 74 games over 500. <laughs> right. What more do you want from the guy? Yeah. And, again, you, you never – if you never have a losing season, you're just going to keep adding to it. And right. That's what he's done every year. I mean, I'm, I don't know that he'll finish his career without ever having a losing season. I mean, yeah, it happens to everybody. That's to be determined. But yeah, right. I mean, everybody on that list ahead of him at one point or another had a losing season. Mm-hmm. And a couple Even of them. Even Belichick. Lance. People forget about that. Yeah, good point. And a couple of them, kind of like Noel did, finished with a whimper. You know, Landry, sure. yeah. Shula, you know, those last couple The game had passed him by a little right, bit. Right, right, right. I don't get that feeling with Tomlin. I don't think uh-uh. the game has passed him by. I don't. Think, he's not even fifty. I say he's not old. You know, I mean, I think he's still very relatable with today's players and media and fans and all that. If you feel like he's more in his prime than he is on the back nine, let's extrapolate this for a second. Let's say he hangs around. Let's say he doubles his career. That's asking a lot. You know, Twenty-eight years, but he's again, he's not fifty yet. I know, but I mean, does he want to? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess Carroll. He Belichick doesn't do anything he, else. Yeah. I mean, he's a football coach. Mm-hmm. But let's say let's say he does that. So let's get, say he gets to twenty-eight years. Well, Belichick in 26 years has 280 wins. Okay. Tomlin in 14 years has 145 wins. Right. So they're same pace. He's actually ahead of them, obviously. Very comparable. Um, You know, Andy Reid in 22 years has uh, 221 wins. This is cheating a little, but now he gets to play one more game, too. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, so does Belichick, so does Reid. Right. But 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 still, I mean, you're, you know. It's going to help that, you know, John jump him up that list, too. But even without it, he's on pace. Um, looking here at playoff appearances, years in the playoffs. Uh, Tomlin is 17th on that list. Wow. As a 50-year-old human being. Yeah. In 14 seasons, he's been in the playoffs nine times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belichick has been there in 26 seasons 18 times. Yeah. So it's about the same. It's about the same. <laughs> it's about the same. Uh, you know, you look at some of these guys that, that you know, Chuck Knoll. In, in I know two years of Tomlin where he was the last – they were the last – if, the, if we had the playoff format that we now have, again, that one's going to only That's be, get better. Help because, right. yeah. But it didn't help them two years in a Did, row. It didn't mean anything this you're year. The they won a division. Seed. Right, right, right. But the two years before, you're the seventh seed, and you would have got in. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot there. If you start comparing him to the contemporaries, and that's what everybody, of course, wants to do. Well, okay. Okay, so you got Belichick. I think he stands alone, of course. Right. Uh, you know, then you're looking at. I think Reed's a consensus, too, now. Reed, but yeah, him lucking not lucky. four years ago that wasn't the case. No, they were. You know, Mahomes has helped that situation absolutely, at least, right? So and, and Marino helped Shula's career yeah. a lot down the stretch. You know, that's the way it goes. So you got Tomlin, you got Pete Carroll, you got Sean Payton. Um, See, I think Harbaugh's on that. Harbaugh's that in that in that group, but Harbaugh, when you compare him to those guys in, in overall winning percentage and everything it's else, a lower, it's yeah. a little lower. Mm-hmm. Carroll has in fourteen in fifteen seasons is one forty five ninety four and one. Really good. That's a six oh six winning percentage. He's been in the playoffs eleven year eleven times in fifteen years. Really good. Yeah. Right. Tomlin is in fourteen years is two uh, is one forty five seventy eight and one. Been in the playoffs nine times. He's got a six fifty winning percentage. Just amazing. It's really really yeah. good. Sean Payton, 
the same exact number of years, same years of coaching as Mike Tomlin. 14381 uh, and 0. Uh, that's a 529. No, that's not right. Is that the right guy? That's a 638. I was looking at his playoff record. Okay. 638 winning percentage. He's been in the playoffs nine times. Hmm. Really good winning percentage. I didn't realize how strong that was. Yeah. But he had three losing seasons with Drew Brees. Yeah, that's they've a, had some down years. You know, that. so that's the, the the part of the argument that, well, Tomlin's had a, a, a you know Hall of Fame quarterback. Sure. He, so did so did Peyton. I mean, so did Grant. So did you know? I mean, all these guys that yeah. you mentioned have had quarterbacks, and that helps without question. I mean, including Belichick and Walsh and all these guys. But I mean, how many times? You know, again, Peyton's won at once. Mm-hmm. Only been there once. With Drew Brees. Right, right. I mean, the Packers with Rodgers have only won one. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guys that yeah, There's had, another one. Mike Brees. McCarthy's been around for 14 years. He's 131, 87, and he's two. not even close. He's 600 winning percentage, and he was in the playoffs nine times. Okay. And underachieved greatly last year. I mean, his quarterback got hurt. Yeah. Um, the whole quarterback-coach conversation is a good one to me because – I really do think to be on this list, it takes two to tango. You know, like no, no doubt, Gibbs I mean, stands out. If you look at seven, all of these you know? coaches that are that are on this list, um, they all had a great quarterback. I, I think the only outlier there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick, cherry pick some names here. Shula, yes, Hallis. I mean, even Greasy was a really good player for his day. Uh, George Hallis. I don't know if that counts because they didn't throw the ball. Back they didn't there. throw the ball. Belichick, right. Landry, yes, yes, yes. Curly yes, Lambeau. I don't know about Lambert. Different era. I mean, yeah, it's got to be from 90. Andy Reid, yes. C- certainly late. Paul Brown, yes. Yes. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Not so much. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah, he was always out. chasing the quarterback. Right. Gibbs is another one that's going to come up. Yeah. Know. Noel, yes. Dan yeah. Reeves. Um, yes, with Elway. Elway for a bit, yeah. but Elway wasn't Elway yet either. Right. That's kind of the, the, the Tomlin-Cower argument. Mm-hmm. You know, Cower, Cower, yeah, he was he was part of the reason that you know that they got Roethlisberger. Well, Reeves was there when they drafted Elway, so right, right, right. You know, good point. Uh, Chuck Knox, no. Mm-mm. Jeff Fisher, definitely not. Well, I mean McNair, but McNair, yeah. Parcells, Sims is probably on the McNair level. Yeah, you know, Co- not Hall of Famers, but strong. Coughlin, no, but. Nah, Brunel wasn't wasn't bad. But. And Manning won a couple of Super Bowls. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, decent. Shanahan, yes. Yeah, that's prime Elway. And yeah. Yeah. Holmgren, yes. Oh yeah. Bud Grant, yes. Tarkenton's a Hall yeah. of Famer. Yeah. Joe Gibbs, I think no, no. I mean, he won. Like, he had some good quarterbacks, but not. I mean, Theismann was his best. I, I'm not sure if he had Theismann, but he had Doug Williams. He had. Um, Rippin, you know, he won yeah. three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Right. He, he stands out as wow, you know. Steve Owen, I think I, I, don't that, was, know, I, think right. I was Norm Van Brocklin. Or, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's, I never doubt that. Uh, Cower. I mean, for, me at Roethlisberger, yeah, yeah, at the end. And here's the thing about the Cower stuff everybody wants to bring up, well, you know, he went to a bunch of uh, AFC championship games early in his career. Well, first of all, he didn't win them. And they were some bad shows. He lost too. three at home. And the AFC was clearly, clearly, the Steelers and everybody else, yeah. that, in those years. Yeah, yeah. The AFC like was the, weak. Yeah, because that was almost. I mean, the NFC was the Niners and Cowboys and everybody else. Yeah, you know. Yeah, As I forget about some of those things. People too. used to talk about that. Well, the the NFC Championship is the real. Oh yeah. Super Bowl. You know, like everyone kills Cowher for losing that game to the Chargers, which they were huge, huge, yeah, huge, huge, huge favorites. favorites, and that's one of his worst blemishes. 
But they would have been a big dog against the Niners, too. I mean, the Chargers lost by 40 or something in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, they get smoked. They give it was like 55 to 10 or something mm-hmm. like that. Where I was going with the whole quarterback-coach thing, though, and that was fun kind of buzzing through those, I'm sure Ben would have been a great quarterback anywhere. I'm not sure that Brady and Montana would have been. You know, right. like there's something to the coach using the quarterback right as well. Correct. You know, like a lot of great talents equal to Ben have entered the league and fizzled out, you yeah. know, not used correctly. If Ben would have been drafted by the Browns. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, right. I mean, he overcame a lot and had a yeah. really good career. I'm talking about even the bus. I mean, the guys that come in as talented as Ben, coaches don't use them right, you know. So I, I think there's, you know, Shula changed his offense for Marino. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's something to be said for, yeah, when you get a gift of a great player, you recognize it and change accordingly. Unfortunately for them, they didn't win. Uh, you, again, you want to talk about having a franchise quarterback yeah. and you can't win the can't win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It happens more than people think. It happens a lot. I mean, especially since Brady has so many. It doesn't leave much for others. And the fact is, 31 teams don't do it every year. And only yeah. one does. I mean, it's a small, small percentage. The other thing is, is that, you know, think about the stat that for – 20 years almost, mm-hmm. the AFC representative in the Super Bowl had either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. and then there was an outlier. Flacco was the the Flacco outlier. Right, yeah. I mean, it was that, it was that they group. They monopolized yeah. it. Yeah. It's like Jordan going to the, you know, it's the Gretzky or one of those guys yeah. going every year. It, it's, the, it's like the Carl Malone theory. Well, he didn't eat Carl Malone, never won. Mm-hmm. Well, he, you know. <laughs> right. Being second in your era is not so bad either. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like during the Tomlin era, the Steelers have been the second best organization in the in the league. I remember writing that in 2004 when they lost in the AFC Championship to the to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That Steeler fans should, could now kind of f- had the same feeling what the Raiders had yeah. in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raiders great team. They Raiders had team. all kinds of. They had Hall of Famers all over the field. Oh, tons of them. And Madden's on that list. Madden's Raider, on that list. They yeah. won one Super Bowl. Won one. I know. It's crazy. Because the Steelers were there. I mean, my dad, uh, growing up, my dad and uncle fear the Raiders much more than the division or anybody else. I mean, that's the be- second-best team yeah. out here, you know? If, 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 for example, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady are in the NFC They're in their during those years, yeah. do the Steelers get to a, a, another Super Bowl or two? Well, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Right, right, right. Then who knows if they win it or not, but it's another— They can get there. Mm-hmm. Or um, advance one game further in the playoffs or whatever, you know, right. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they lost three conference championship games to the Patriots since mm-hmm. 2001. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about second best, but second best out of 32 over a 10, 20-year stretch is damn impressive. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean and there's, there's Seattle's in that conversation, and a couple of those teams are, have been quite strong for this whole duration, but... Man, I, I mean, the Tomlin run is really hard to argue with. And you rebuilt on the fly. Is you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people discount. I think they're doing it right now. Yeah, I, I remember pulling Kevin Colbert aside at the Super Bowl in '08 mm-hmm. because in '05, part of the part of the the conversation at that time was, well, Colbert, uh, they're winning with some Adana host guys. There's always that. Well, there's always that. I yeah. Mean, so in 08, I remember pulling Kevin aside, and I think they at that point they had maybe two or three guys still remaining that, that Donahoe had drafted. Okay, Kyle's at this Ward. point, Kevin had yeah. really done a lot. It of was it. really Kevin's team. Sure. And, but you're not going to cut Troy Polamalu. 
Well, Paul Amali well, was, was the yeah, guy, but Heinz Ward yeah, was, was one of the leftovers, right. you know. Should we get rid of him? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it, you know, and I, I remember saying, you know, do you take any pride in the fact that this is pretty much your team? Mm-hmm. You know, the one that you drafted or, or signed these guys. yeah. And he's, I, I don't get into that. Uh, sure. But then they went again in, in 2010 which with a – Entirely. You know, again, Ward was still hanging around, but he wasn't a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then – they had to rebuild. Yeah. On the fly. Again, you, you, 11, 12, 13, those were not good Steeler teams. They were 8-8 eight and eight teams, and that's what they were. See, that's what I keep getting at is even when you're rebuilding, it keeps bringing it back to this year and certainly the 2018, when things don't go well or you are in your version of a rebuild – it doesn't look like Jacksonville, or you know, it doesn't look like Again, what we've seen from that, the Jets. That whole blow it up yeah. right. mantra that people throw out there. No, no, right. You know, even like Atlanta this year, things went. They weren't the fourth worst team in the league, no. but you still couldn't win games, and you know, it was ugly, and you end up picking fourth overall. Like, I have a hard time seeing all those teams you mentioned. I mean, the Saints, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots. The Patriots proved at the no end last year. I mean. Give them nothing, and they won seven games. I mean, yeah, or, or they were a, they were not a good roster. They were abysmal. Yeah, abysmal. I mean, Seattle, I think, will be competitive, even though they run the ball. Like Seattle, to me, is an interesting conversation. Like if we were doing Seattle radio right now, we would talk about all the or Seattle Nation radio would be all over. Let Russ cook. You got to throw the ball <laughs> more. And there's much behind that. <laughs> You know, I think the game may have passed Pete Carroll by a little bit, you know, in terms of how much people throw and when to go for it on fourth and all these things. And they still win 10 games every year. <laughs> you know, they still win a very tough division. He know, I mean, there's more to it than the game management. And you can criticize all these guys if you coach a long enough time. But knowing how to win in this league is a skill that 12 men have in the world. Right. You know what yeah. I, mean? I mean, Shanahan's learning it. You know, some of these guys are coming up or learning it. But guys that know how to win football games in this league when with a, an arm tied behind their back. Here's, an an, here's another one to throw out there for you, Matt, that, that uh, kind of drives everything home. They, I'm looking here at Pro Football Reference, and they have a statistic here for average. It's AV rank. So it's a team's average, average finish in their division. Mm, okay. Okay. The top guys are at one. Now, the top guy is Dutch Bergman. He only coached one year. The number two guy is Lou, uh, and, and num- the guy's tied for number two are Lou Rimkus and Matt LaFleur. They were only coached two seasons. So that really LaFleur doesn't. two for yeah. two with the Packers. Okay. Tomlin on this list overall. So there's no minimal threshold here. No. I mean, one or two years counts. He's eighth. Wow. They're at the Steelers' average finish under Mike Tomlin has been 1.6. That's crazy. 1.6. So they're either first or second. They don't mm-hmm. finish third. They don't right, finish right, right. fourth. And if you did, you that's a lot of ones to bring it back to the 1.6. Right. So John Madden was at uh, 1.3. That's the most of anybody who coached 10-plus mm-hmm. years. Uh, Vince Lombardi. But he only coached about 10 years, right? Yeah. Not he coached 10 years on the nose. Right, okay. Blanton Collier, uh, was it, he coached eight years. Their average finish was 1.4. Hmm. Where's Belichick? Belichick is at 11. He's 11th at 1.7. Because he was in the North for a while. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's not forget those years. Of active coaches, it's LaFleur, who's only coached yeah, two years, really and Tomlin. Wow. Then Bill O'Brien, he's not active anymore, but in seven seasons, his average finish was 1.7. Hmm. Is Harbaugh 
above two. Harbaugh's at one point nine. Okay, because I mean, obviously the Ohio teams are bad. Yeah, you know, I mean, over but the, the Bengals Cinderella. had some years where the, they they finished right. they finished first, and now the Browns and it wasn't are... the Steelers finishing third that year. It was the it was the Ravens. It was the Ravens. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, I mean, Sean Payton's one point nine. Andy Reid's one point nine. Um, you know, some of these guys that one point anything's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. You, that means most of the time you finish first. More often than not, yeah. you're the first place team in your division with every team gunning their offseason to beat to you. To beat you. I mean, I say this all the time. We started every Browns draft meeting, okay, how do we get how do we beat the Steelers? I remember having a conversation <laughs> yeah, right. 25 years ago with with uh with with Marvin Lewis when he, you know, mm-hmm. he I think he was at that point with the with Washington as their defensive coordinator, and I just I called him up one day, and we were chatting, and and we were talking about that exact thing. Like sure. every day, we would start, you know, okay, what do we got to do to beat the Steelers? Yeah, right, right, right. Wow. Even when they weren't the team, you know, when Tom Coughlin took over the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. they spent the season scouting the Steelers. Yeah, he was at four or five Steeler games in person. Wow. How Watching the Steelers, it? how are they right, doing? Right, what right. are they doing? What can okay, we steal well, from them. Yeah, right. How's this team attacking him? How's that team attacking him? Yeah, a couple notes on that. Like, I've come to realize that one thing that almost every offensive mind does every off season is study the Saints, their offense, right? Because you know, Peyton's the best. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, to me, if you're going to do those type of things and just study the Steelers organization, the way they draft, the way they add personnel, the way they use it, develop it, all those things, that's one of those type of deals. I mean, I guarantee that the Jets, Dolphins, Bills spent decades. What can we steal from the Patriots? How do we get to the Patriots? I remember the one-off season. It's the same thing. Like, everybody copied what the Browns were doing in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay, we okay. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know, there's this. Okay, that. Paul it, Brown created things that were ahead of his time. Right. I mean, everyone and, stole from Walsh too. You know, without yeah. question. But even there was an off season. Remember when the Dolphins signed Namakong Sue to insane money? The whole division did something like that to find some interior pass rusher to disturb Brady. You know, like, yeah. Maybe we can find the the chink in the armors. They all do the same type of thing. You know. Like, they're always gunning for you. I mean, there's a target on your chest when you're the Steelers, even the Saints, the Seattles, you know. Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And question. there's there's also that shows up on the field on game days. Sure. You know, when you know, whether you're good or bad, uh, you know, when the Packers show up in somewhere – Everybody, you know, everybody. We got to beat the Packers. Yeah, they got they got twenty five thousand fans in the stands here today. It's on prime time. When we when, when the game. Cowboys right, come right, rolling right. into town, when the Steelers come rolling into town, when yeah. the Patriots it's never come an rolling. empty stadium. Yeah, you know, it's a different feel. There's no question. You know, the so every game is a prime time feel to it. Mm-hmm. Has a playoff type feel to yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. You're always getting everybody's best, whether they're and bad, you're not good. Always have your best sixteen times a year, seventeen yeah. times a year. Yeah, yeah. that's um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, and people talk about, well, Tomlin loses games to bad teams on the road and blah, blah, blah. He, He's he, not alone in that. His winning way. percentage in those games is better than Mike, Mike uh, or Bill Cowers, first I of all. Better, I bet it's better than average. It's better. It's well above average. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right there with his winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get to 650 <laughs> no, but, losing to a bunch of bad teams. bunch of bad teams on the road, right. Yeah. And it, he also kills good teams here. Right. They don't just beat them. <laughs> they beat the pants right. off of them. They beat the pants off teams here, and a lot of them are really good teams, too. Yeah. You know, you know I, can, I can go through dozens of, of Sunday night games, Monday night games, where sure. it's a, 
again, a playoff-type atmosphere. Steelers are one-point favorite or something. Yeah, right. and they come out and just route that team. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. Yeah. I, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, this is a transitional time in the franchise. Absolutely. I mean, no question about and it. And I think, I think that, that Art Rooney sent a message that he wants Mike Tomlin Leading, yeah, leading this team into that next era of Sealer football. Right. I don't want to go find a new guy. It would be an easy time to do it. Oh, no, absolutely. You've had a great career. It would be an easy time for, for Tomlin to step away. Right. You're out on top to some degree. I don't want to deal with post-Rafflesberger, put one more year in, we all part ways. And I don't really even know how Cower left, but it wasn't like he has to go, he's terrible. You know, like, like right. Landry was time to go. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it, it, sometimes people step away. That easily could have been the case. You know, Kevin's up in age. He could be a totally new quarterback, GM, coach. But I'll take with what you got and, and you know, try to rebuild. And, and rebuild's even the wrong word. You know, try to reload next year with the staff they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the track record is there. We've, yeah. we've seen, you know, for the longest time as well, he's just winning because of uh, he has Ben Roethlisberger. Well, well 2019 kind of disproved that. Yeah. Without question. I'm being they had a they had a winning record without Roethlisberger that year. Yeah, wow. They were eight and six in games Roethlisberger didn't start mm-hmm. in 2019. Think right. about that. I mean, they got their pants blown off by Patriots with Mason Rudolph right. and Devlin Hodges. They went eight and six. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense, but Devlin Hodges is an NFL. Player. He's not an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to be in the league. They manufactured wins, which is really mm-hmm. difficult to do in this league. Yeah, uh, Mike Lombardi quotes this a lot because he was in. San Francisco with Bill Walsh. And it's in Bill Walsh's famous book where he believed there's six to eight teams we got to worry about every year. You know, it's not that the, the Bengals can't win the Super Bowl. Right. If I mean, the Pirates could win the Super Bowl Series, too, as I chuckle. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean the world's co- ever collide and everything works out well. But every year, you know, these six to eights are going to be in it. You know, I mean, yeah. catastrophe has to hit for them not to be in it. Catastrophe hit for the Patriots this past year. It happened to the Steelers two years ago, and they weren't too far out of it. <laughs> yeah, know I mean? right. You know, and they've had some catastrophic things happen to them going into the playoffs in some of those yeah. years. The, the only year that I I can't give them a pass is, is 2017, when they lost to Jacksonville. But yeah. you could look at that and also say that Jacksonville was a bad matchup for them. They were, and the Steelers looked like a worn out team on, on defense at the time, but. They were the better football team. They were the better football yeah, team. You, know. you could you could say, well, they lost Ryan Shazier, and they were kind of patching it together defensively. They were. But that's still a game that they should win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I they, mean, losing Shazier is a giant step that hurt this team. It but set them back, the only team that it set them back two to. years, really. It did. But that's not the – I'm not making light of his injury at all. But all teams, if you look throughout – Have sure, somebody. Sean yeah. Payton had somebody that yeah. didn't work out. I mean, not to that degree or as – Tragic, you know, on the field yeah. situation. I mean, 20, 2015, they were holding it together with band aids. Mm-hmm. You'd lost, you'd lost, you didn't have D'Antonio Brown, you didn't have Le'Veon Bell, you didn't have D'Angelo Williams when you went to yeah. when you went to uh, Denver. It's one of my and, least and, favorite and very teams. easily could have won that game against yeah, the, against the team that won the world championship. Mm-hmm. The next year, you go to New England for the AFC championship. You don't have Cam Hayward. Stefan Tuitt's playing on one leg and really wasn't shouldn't have been playing. Mm-hmm. Then Le'Veon Bell goes down in the uh, five carries into right the game. In the beginning, yeah, and Bell was at the height of his powers. At that he point, was too. the best player in the league at that point. He really was. Yeah, I guess there's a couple ways of looking at that. First of all, my least favorite thing about this sport is injuries and the fact that it's to, that the Super Bowl champs is somewhat of a war of attrition. Yeah. You know, because the Steelers aren't alone of. 
we had to, we didn't have some of our best guys in the right. playoffs because the seasons beat up people to no end. And I'm sure the 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 Tomlin detractors will be like, well, he's got to manage their workloads better. He ran Bell into the ground. Well, that's how you get there, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't see it that way. I mean, I think that they have had some bad luck with postseason injuries more than most during the Tomlin share to key players. To key players. Like you can you can overcome. A couple of injuries here or there to, sure. you know. I it, mean, as great as DeCastro is, you could live without DeCastro for a game or, you know. Yeah, they've you done that. with the best running back in the league. Right. And, you know, your best, right. your, your all-pro defensive tackle, right. your, you know, your, your, your I mean, Antonio Brown's like number one wide receiver. Your right. quarterback was playing in that game against the Broncos with, mm-hmm. with a separated shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't throw the ball 25 yards. I, I mean, I remember when Bell got hurt. I think I sent out a tweet saying, against the Patriots, saying, if Belichick could take any piece off this chessboard, that was the one. Definitely the one. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you work all week. How are we going to limit Bell? We're not going to stop him. Kind of like when he had the game plan against Falk, and you know those type of things. And he gets plucked off the board for free. You don't even have to give up five pawns to do it or whatever. Yeah. You know, and the queen's gone. Now we got shot. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a completely <laughs> it's different ball game. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I think that uh, you know Mike Tomlin. Um, Take some criticism for that, and some of it's warranted. Every head coach does, right? You know, now Belichick's about to because Brady's gone. He's yeah, just a product. Now all of a sudden, yeah, right. Belichick, the GM, is getting criticism right, right, right. For, for the for the bad for for the roster that they put on the field yeah, last I year. I just mentioned Carroll. You know, yeah. I mean Harbaugh had some time. He almost got fired. Har- Harbaugh was with it with Nat's eyelash of being fired right. three years ago. He throws Lamar on the field because hey, what do I got to lose? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm going to get fired at the end of the season one way or the other. I might as well go out with this guy. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people in New Orleans are going. Peyton's only won one Super Bowl, you know. They had three straight three straight years of seven and nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the in the mid two thousand tens, three straight Brees. years of seven and, and nine with Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, and then they decided to sell out and go for it. Mm-hmm. And um, now we'll see how they were. Now respond. we'll see what right, happens. Right, right. Yeah, all of a sudden they could be a six and ten team, Very or six and eleven team. Them too. Right. Yeah, I mean even Shanahan, who's the genius, he had one good year. <laughs> I mean, like I would I would hire Shanahan in a heartbeat. But last year they were what six and ten, seven and nine. Yeah. Two years before that, they had the second pick in the draft and got Bosa. And yeah. in between, they went to a Super Bowl. You know, like, yeah, you know, McVay. When you're walking really into a situation but... where you're picking high, mm-hmm. um, you know, McVay's the same way. Yeah. You know, you're coming in with the top ten draft picks. Steelers don't have that. Tomlin's not no, had right, that. Right. right. Uh, you know, Cowher really didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You're kind of you're you're rebuilding with the 18th pick in the draft or the 20th pick in the draft every year. Develop talent. That's hard to do. And of course, it's a great GM helps, but in order to do that, you better develop fourth round picks that have something wrong in their game. You know, his kick slides a little off. Well, our lo- line coach better get that. He's gonna fix, fix that. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to coach that stuff up. Yeah. So, but uh, interesting. We'll see uh, again. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers uh, tying the tying the the caboose, uh, continuing to tie the caboose to. to it's a no-brainer extension, folks. Yeah. I mean, like, if anyone's thinking, man, this was time to work, this is a no-brainer move. Yeah. You're fortunate you're in this position. you got to have some stability. You're going to be losing your franchise quarterback, potentially your general manager here in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. You keep that stability at head coach to kind of continue oh, what you troops, have. Right. You know, it could be much, much worse. Oh, boy. Yeah. People, people in Pittsburgh seem to forget this, that the 80s took place. <laughs> right. It's very convenient to to forget those. I mean, and some people are too young to remember. Yeah. But two playoff wins in a decade. In a decade, right? I mean, with all <laughs> all respect to the emperor, I mean, he's an all time great coach and building 
maybe the best dynasty in history. There was not pretty. There were some thin years. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm sure they went, I mean, I know they went many years picking very, very late in the first round and all those things. Well, it caught up to show how much, how hard that is to survive with. Yeah, it caught up to you miss on the Tim Worleys and some of the early picks, you know, when you did get them. Yeah, for sure. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, uh, Matt, um, I sent you this uh, yesterday. Uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. The music there. Sorry, yeah, I'm still toes. We're toes are still there. tapping. Um, they did a mock draft, three-round mock draft. Yeah, this Where they fun. alternated picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to go down through that mock draft. Yeah, it's um, fun. And just give you uh, some of the, the highlights and some of the names here. Uh, so with the first pick, Kuyper had the first pick. He took Trevor Lawrence. No sure. surprise there. With the second pick, McShay took Zach Wilson to the Jets, yeah. of course. Pick three. Because I don't think they're doing this necessarily how they would do it. I think it's kind of What a they think is going to happen, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they also have the chances uh, of the guy being available here, which is also mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, so at three, Kuiper takes Justin Fields. Which is exactly what I would do. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there. I can't believe that San Francisco would make that pick go, and we're still doing our research. Yeah. Which makes me think it's Well, uh, they, if you listen to what they said, that they said that they made the trade up to three knowing that they would have their choice of three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I get it. They must have liked all pretty darn much to do yeah. it. Yeah, you know you that know? one of those guys is going to be there. You don't have to, you know, if you go to five, then you're like, okay, uh, well. Then you, you don't yeah. want the last guy. Um, so, of course, his chances of being there are 100%. Yes. At four, McShay takes Kyle Pitts. What would you do? See, I think there's a very good chance they still trade out. If Fields is gone and I'm the Falcons, then I do take Pitts. I, th- that's what I, was, I would take Fields. Yeah, if Fields is available, take I take I take Fields. You're right. Um, I think in my mock draft that I sent in for Steelers.com, I did take uh, um, Lance. Maybe we'll even compare them because I just finished mine. And I'm going to put the finishing touches on it tonight. I took Fields. My reasoning, because I had Fields going to San Francisco as I well. I had Mac Jones going to San Francisco. Uh, my reasoning for the Falcons, which makes the most sense for the Falcons, they got Matt, they've got Matt Ryan for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Lance is going to take some time. Right. You don't, you're not forced to play him at all this year. And you're still competitive. You're still competitive. Like, their plus-minus uh, point differential is almost at zero. Yeah, they lost some ridiculous games last right, year. Yeah, they did. Um, so you have that. time to kind of let that happen. Yes. You don't have to force them onto the field. If Matt Ryan next year 
goes into camp, you know, if it falls apart for you next year, then it you could can, be next year. Yeah, yeah then right. you throw Fields onto the field, but he's had a year to learn behind Ryan. And, and then you could even cut Ryan or trade him and have a lot of dead money. But yeah. get something. But back. you still got your quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you, right. Right. You know, now you can do some stuff. And, and I hear this a lot, but I do believe it to some degree. And we talk about this a lot with Steelers. Some organizations don't pick in the top five very often. Right. And I don't think Atlanta's in the same level as Pittsburgh and New England. But I've heard that from Arthur Blank, that Arthur Blank's, the feeling is that, hey, guys, we're not going to be at four. I don't plan on being here very often. I don't plan on being here again. So if we we can get a quarterback, why not? Because our Mm -hmm. quarterback's 36. I also think there's the argument for Pitts, though, too. I think he's such a special player. Ryan throwing the Pitts and those guys would be something. If five, the Bengals take Panay Sewell. I'm starting to lean towards I think that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, if all three of those guys are available, non-quarter, if they their pick of non-quarterback, I bet they go Sewell. It's six. The Dolphins take Jamar Chase. I wouldn't take him over Pitts, but I get it. Yeah. He's a great player. Uh, at seven, the Patriots trade up here. Uh, okay. To go get Mac Jones. Because he'd be the last one left. He's I mean, the last Florida. one okay. left. At eight. The Lions should certainly trade consider trading down. Yeah. Like, I can't see taking – as bad as the receivers are, don't take Devontae Smith or Waddle or – you yeah. know, I, mean, I don't think that helps you enough. You could take a certain, and then you'd have two, yeah. you know, really good cornerbacks there. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Penny Sewell I'd consider. Yeah. Or Pitts. Or, or Slater, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, their line's not that bad, but they need everything. Yeah. Um, if there was a defensive tackle there, that would make sense. But yeah. There, I mean, there, there just isn't. Type, yeah. Sure, you know. Uh, at eight, the Panthers take – for McShay takes uh, Rashawn Slater. Yes. At nine, Kuiper then takes Trey Lance, goes to the Broncos. They'd be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, that works out as well as it could possibly be. Lance's chances of being there at nine, 5.1%. Okay. I was going to say, I wonder what I, – I don't think he lasts. I think Mac Jones might last if yeah. he doesn't go at three. Right. You know. And uh, frankly, if I were the Patriots and I traded up, I'd trade up for Lance, not Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could see that. But you get that whole saving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Familiarity. Uh, at 10, McShay takes for the Cowboys, Patrick Sertain. That's the chalk pick. Yeah. I think they'd be very happy to do that. At 11, for Kuiper, goes to the Giants, uh, Devontae Smith. I don't see that. I mean, they spent a bazillion dollars on Galladay. They, Shepard and... I can see a cornerback there. Maybe. I think O-line's the, the spot to go. It, Their offensive line played better, though, down the stretch last year. They did, but they lost Zeitler. I mean... I was thinking about O-line a little bit on the way here. And if Penny Sewell goes five, I think there's a great chance Slater then goes eight. Is that where the Carolina is? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, teams like Washington, the Raiders. The Colts. The Colts. Uh, some in this neighborhood, too. Tackles might be off the board before yeah. the Steelers pick. The Chargers. Four people. The Chargers, I'm, I'm thinking Giants. there's. I'm, I'm thinking there's at least four and potentially five tackles taken before the Steelers pick. Right. Like I can see the Giants taking Darisaw or Vera Tucker. Yeah. Um, that that trifecta of Giants, Chargers. Who else picks right in that neighborhood? Minnesota. Two could go in those. Three. Two are definitely going for offensive linemen there. Right. That's yeah. what I mean. Right. Uh, the Eagles at twelve take Jalen Waddle. I love that. I love that. At 13, the Chargers take Christian Derisaw. That's for uh, Kuyper. Mm-hmm. At 14, to, for McShay, to the Vikings goes Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, yeah so that's the chalk pick, too. I mean, yeah. Again, these guys are going to fall off the board quick. That's four. Uh, come with the Raiders coming yeah. up here soon. They're going to need one. At 15, the Lions, by trading down, take Micah Parsons. See, that would work out so great you for could, them. You could, slot to, you could slot Parsons to them. 
at seven, and that would make sense. And it would make sense. Yeah. I mean, with Spielman and all these ankle biters there, I'm sure they love, you know, Parsons. Yeah. 16, McShay. I just can't see the Lions taking little people. Yeah. I mean, with who's in charge now. It's 16, the Cardinals for McShay take J.C. Horn. Which I think they'd be thrilled with that. 28%, for... 28.8% chance he's there. Hmm. Okay. At 17, Kuiper has Trevon Morig going to the Raiders. Whew, that's a little early for me. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I mean, I would think of, like, Tevin Jenkins. Uh, I think I would take Owasu Koromora before I did. Yeah, I slotted, I slotted a, uh, an offensive tackle there. Mm-hmm. They have a right tackle hole. Yeah. At 18, McShay uh, gives the uh, Dolphins Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. Okay. At 19, Kuiper gives Washington Jamin Davis. Hmm. They're another one. They could use one more offensive lineman. They're not going to get their quarterback, most likely. There's going to be a good linebacker. I mean, Collins or Davis or Micah or JOK. Yeah. That would really complete their defense. Their front seven would be nasty. Yeah. And their secondary got better, too. At 20, the Bears for McShay take Caleb Farley. He worries me. I hate talking injuries, but the more I've heard about his back situation, it probably isn't going away. It's just something you're going to always have to manage. But I bet he's off the board. With he's so back. athletic. Yeah, he's he, oh, the, the upside's great. Uh, at 21, Kuiper has the uh, the Colts taking Jalen Phillips. Yeah. I, I, I would think that's offensive tackle. I think it could be. I think it almost has to be. It's a hole. You I can mean, get an edge guy later. I think Phillips is a great player. Where do you find your starting left tackle at? Because the guys available on the free agent market are – no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Okay and we've seen, you know, right. we've seen what your quarterback looks like when he's under pressure last year no, in Philly, and it wasn't good. Right. They've always been built on strong line play. And if you have one bad offensive lineman, you've got a bad offensive line. I don't know who. Teams will attack that like crazy. I guess Jenkins would be the one you take, though. Yeah. It's a little early for Cosme. I'd take Jenkins at 21. Yeah. If they just need a left, that's yeah. the only obstacle there. I think Jenkins is very, very worth the 21st pick. Uh, 22, the Titans uh, for McShay take Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore. I've been hesitant to say this on the air. He reminds me of Antonio Brown a little bit. Okay. That's rich, I know. That's very rich. I mean, it's very rich. Yeah. Those slot guys, he's the one to me that could maybe line up outside and win. At 23, Kuiper gives the Jets uh, Greg Newsom. They'd be thrilled to do that. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a good spot with that pick. Like, I think Steeler fans don't want them to take a back. But there's going to be an edge. That's a Robert Sala defense that is a four-man pass rush. There's going to be somebody there, Quitty Pay yeah. or they gotta get the, they got to build the pass rush. they got to build a pass rush. They could still use O-line help. They could definitely use a corner. You know, I, I don't know how they can afford to do a running back there. At 24, McShay for the Steelers picks Najee Harris. Hmm. 77.3% chance that he's there. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Miami scares me a little bit. They could grab him. They have other needs, too, but they have a lot of picks. How about this one? At, at 25, the uh, Kuiper gives the Jaguars Kadarius Toney. His chances of being available are 49.5%. I don't see him going ahead of no. that pick. No. I think there's like an 80% chance he's available. Yeah. I mean, Bateman didn't come off the board yet. Marshall didn't come off the board. But Moore did. Yeah. I mean, which might shock some people. At 26, McShay has the Browns taking Quiddy Pay. Real quick on the Jags. They have four picks in the top 45. Yeah, they're loaded. number one, obviously. Yeah, they're loaded. Yeah. 
Um, of course, okay. the, they'll be the team that wins the draft. They'll get the oh, yeah, they'll, they'll get, get the A plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah, four picks in the first forty five. Yeah, how could they not? You'd have to really screw it up. Uh, the Browns take Quiddy Pay five point seven percent chance. Signing Clowney is not enough for me to say no. I'm done. There. It's a one year yeah. deal. It's a one year deal. And that would might, be the smart move to make. That's the smart move because he might play five games. Yeah. Uh, at twenty seven, Kuiper has the Ravens taking Terrace Marshall. Always, he always, always, eighty four point four percent chance he's he there. He is dialed in with the Ravens. Uh, at twenty eight, McShay has Rashad Bateman going to the Saints. I can see that. I often walk, I often mock like Moore or Tony there, but Bateman's I like Bateman a lot. At twenty nine, Kuiper has Tevin Jenkins going to the Packers. They'd be very happy with that. They'd be extremely happy. Thirty four point one percent chance that he's there. Hmm. Yeah, I'll take the under on chances of him being available though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, at thirty, the Bills for McShay take Zaven Collins at forty four point six percent. Well, if I buy that, you know, you just resigned Milano. Edmonds is very similar. You know, you play Edmonds, most is, Edmonds is in the year. He just finished Three. his third year. Yeah, they've been underwhelmed by him. Maybe they don't plan on bringing him back. And you can play. You could possibly play Collins on the outside. You could, but I would. Uh, they're I think a four-three th- four four three team. He could be like you know a weak side. I know, but you usually play with two two linebackers on the field, and you already have those guys. Yeah, that's the one pick I don't quite buy. Well, and I, I love Collins. Their uh, their their GM said today it was a bean. Yeah, um, said today that they're drafting long term, not short term. And they tend to do so that, that would they be a long term, right? You know, see that's why I think like an Oway goes there. Yeah, and, and Collins is a better prospect than Oway. Don't get me wrong, but they're a four man front. You know, uh, thirty one. Kuiper has the Chiefs taking Landon Dickerson. They don't need interior. Yeah. But I, I've heard this from a couple sources that Dickerson's health seems to be on the positive note. And Mel would kind of know. I mean, if he's Mel stick him in the first round, he just wants to get Dickerson's name in the first round. At 32, McShay has Jalen Mayfield to the Buccaneers. I guess that works for them. I'm kind of soured on me. I think he's a guard. I'm, I don't think he's a first round I think player. he's a guard. I do too. But he's young. He has tools. If you're the Bucks and you really don't need much, he may he may even sit all year. Yeah, you know, but I, he wouldn't be my pick. I might. Take I'd rather Ravens take one of those athletic him. guys. That yeah, you know, there's some much more athletic offense. I'd take Cosme over him. Yeah. I'd take Radins over him. Okay, so we roll around the round two. Uh, Kuiper has Jacksonville taking Travis Atn. So at this point, they've added Tony Atn. We get some offensive weapons. Yeah. Right. Wow. Uh, Thirty-four. The Jets take Azizo Ojolari. Yeah, I think that's about as late as he can last. Yeah. At 35, Kuiper has the Falcons taking Javante Williams. That makes perfect sense. This is why, folks, you don't wait on that back because he's not making – the three backs aren't making it past 35. My only qualms is – We're 36, I should say, because the Dolphins have their second. Yeah, they go those two. That's a danger zone there. My only qualm with that is Atlanta then used two premium picks not on defense, and their defense stinks. Like, I don't know if they can take a second round back. Yeah. If they take pitch or But again, they're in the same situation that the Steelers are in that they don't have a, a lead back. No, they don't. They don't. So if they, if they wait to the third round, they're You're not getting one, yeah. yeah. 36, the Dolphins then take Liam Eichenberg. It's a great pick. According to McShea. He would I, start for them. I'd rather have, if I'm, if I'm Kansas City or if I'm Tampa. Tampa, I'd rather have Eichenberg. Especially if I'm Kansas City and I need a guy to play right now. Right. You know, I'm not sure Tampa needs a guy to play right now, but I think Eichenberg starts week one. Uh, 37. Kuiper has the Eagles taking Nick Bolton. 
Their linebackers are horrible. Yeah. Yeah. 38, McShea has 2-2 Atwell to Louisville. Did you see what he weighed in at today? Under 150 pounds. He's not. A, he can't play. He can't play at that level. I'm no. sorry. He, I know there's, there are people there's no way him. you can take him in the second round. I wouldn't take it. I was talking on the podcast today. I would not use a day two pick on him. Play with rocks in his pockets. Yeah. Uh, him and Devonte Smith weighed in at under 170. He was like 166. Yeah. Think. And Atwell was at least under you're in shouting distance of 170 pounds. Right. And I'm and he didn't run at 170. I'm sure he ate a lot of Big Macs and drank a ton of water yeah. to weigh in at 170. That scares me enough. But under 150. I mean, show me one productive player who's under 150. Yeah, in the last 50 years. Somebody double. Somebody his, back in the 30s was was 150 pounds. Maybe. <laughs> Somebody double his weight is going to tackle him several times. You and know? He, he, parts are going to go flying everywhere. Oh, man. I am not using it. Little guys take there. big hits. Yeah. 39, Kuiper has the Panthers taking Hunter Long. That's pretty early. Ahead of Fryermuth. Yeah. Mel knows something. Again, that's when red flags go off in my head. I've, I've liked Long all along. Yeah, but maybe we were all yeah. just a little low on him. You look at him in that light and say, maybe he's better than Fryermuth. Fryermuth doesn't really block anybody. No. Uh, at 40, uh, McShay has the Broncos taking Asante Samuel. That's a good pick. I think that's exactly where he'll go, right in that neighborhood. Be a longtime starter, no Pro Bowls, you know. At 41, Kuiper has Diami Brown to the Lions. I think he's definitely going to be a second-round pick. Yeah. Uh, 42, McShay has the Giants taking Ronnie Perkins. That's a solid pick. They need edge guys. It's more of a 3-4-ish type team. 43, the 49ers for Kuiper take Tyson Campbell. They, their corner situation's not great. At 44, the Cowboys for McShay take Christian Barmore, the first defensive tackle off the board. I bet they'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. I mean, they want to be a rush four type of team. Uh, Jacksonville at 45 per Kuiper take Richie Grant. Okay, that's their fourth pick in this draft. Yeah. Wow. He they can play some corner. He can play safety for you. Yeah. A lot of people have Morig slated into them with their second pick because their safety plays so bad. At 46, the Lions, this is what they got back from New England for the mm, trade up. Yeah. Uh, McShay has them taking Joe Tryon. See, that's smart. I mean, trade back if you're Detroit. Get a couple picks in this neighborhood yeah. and add some big people. You need some, you some of everything, yeah. Yeah. 47, the Chargers for Kuiper take Jason Owa. I think that's late. Yeah, but you take that to take, roll the dice on him at that yeah. point. The production. You say the Chargers, right? That's the Chargers. Yeah. At 48, McVay has Kelvin Joseph going to the Raiders. I think he's a high-risk guy. But, boy, that's a Raider pick. Yeah. Traits. As I said, he, I think he has seven rap albums out already. Mm -hmm. Does yeah. he want to be a football player? Does he want to be a – Yeah. I mean, he has traits, but I don't And the know. coaching staff told him to leave with two games left in the season. <laughs> right. Because he was being so disruptive. Yeah, Does, he doesn't bode me well. A bit, right. Arizona at 49, according to Kuiper, takes Amari Rogers. I've been hearing really good things about him, too, in pre draft stuff. Um, he's going to be a good player. At 50, the Dolphins get a, a uh, just a, a real bonus here for McShay. They take Samuel Cosme. Wow, that works out. They had Eichenberg, too. Yeah. I mean, it you amazes me that they have fixed done your much offensive line. Yeah. I mean, you had, mix that in with Austin Jackson in his second year and. You may have three long-term quality starters. Right. At 51, Washington takes Davis Mills. I definitely could see that. I mean, I'm not sure if it would be Mills or Trask or Mond, but I could see the Bears, Washington, with a second-round quarterback. Maybe even Tampa. At 52, McShay has Rondell Moore to the Bears. Yeah. I think that's about the, the Rondell Moore neighborhood. Yeah, he's a good one. Like we were talking about those little receivers 
Moore doesn't worry me as much because he's so sturdy. I mean, you got to use him a certain way. But he's still, yeah. I mean, he's not going to be a high volume guy. But I, I think his body holds up. Yeah. I, that though, they've already got Tariq Cohen in their offense. Mm-hmm. Like now, all of a sudden, you got a bunch of gadget players in your offense. And I think Mooney's only like 175 pounds too. Yeah. I mean, there's some little people with yeah. the ball in their hands. Fifty-three. Kuiper has Eric Stokes to the Titans. Think he lasts that long? I don't know that he does. Just yeah. his traits are traits, fast. long, fast. Can play man coverage, right? Uh, at fifty-four, the Colts, who passed on the offensive tackle in the first round, get Dylan Raddins. That'd be nice. Yeah. That Which is fun. why you can pass on the All offensive right. tackle early. There's still quality guys there in the second round. We were a little critical of the Colts for taking Phillips. But now if you say you ended up with Raddins and Phillips, like, wow, that's pretty nice. That's pretty it's nice. better than the edge guy you would have got to pair with whoever the tackle was. This pick for the Steelers I don't like. At 55, Kuiper has the Steelers taking Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people quote in the no – say the league is higher on Leatherwood than the draft Knicks. That's fine, but I don't know that he's a tackle. See, I think he's a tackle. I don't know it, but I think he's a tackle. I would have – I would – if I'm the Steelers, I go center here. I mean, Creed Humphrey's on the, the board. And, the, you know, the centers have barely been touched. Right, right, right. One has gone at this point. Yeah, you get an opportunity one. to get the the 10th or 11th best tackle slash guard combo on the on the board or you can take the second best center mm-hmm. or somebody you may have ranked first no all right no i agree with you i would do a center too and you know our mock drafts proved that time and, and there's a hole there. there but i understand leatherwood going in that neighborhood okay yeah sure i mean yeah but I, yeah because here's what happens then okay seattle at 56 takes gregory rousseau they'd it, be pretty happy to get that with their first pick yeah and i'm not even a big rousseau fan but. at 57 the rams then take creed humphrey yeah. Wow. Yeah, they I just mean, lost Blythe and right. They're not going to have him. Yeah. You know, it, he's not going to last much longer. Though. I just don't see the Steelers passing on a center there at 55 when they could, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think Creed Humphrey has a better chance to go in the first round than the Steelers, than pass the Steelers yeah. pick. Uh, there are five or six offensive tackles still available that mm-hmm. I look at and go, okay, there, you know, that and could again, be a guy. You could probably call Villanueva back or, you know, that's right. what you have. 58, Carlos Basham to the Raider, Ravens, I should say. You're more and more buzz about him being a pretty high pick. They need an edge. Yeah, oh, they need an edge. Yeah. Uh, 59, Anthony Schwartz to the Browns, according to Kuiper. He must be hearing something, because I don't think he's that good a football player. If the Browns draft a receiver, though, I think he'll be fast. It's 60, Jabril Cox to the Saints. That makes sense. I mean, he would play immediately with them, um, right next to Demario Davis. They don't care about him being overage. They just want to win now all the time. 61, the Bills, according to Kuiper, take Aaron Robinson. I think they need a second corner. Yeah. Yeah. At uh, 62, McShay has Patrick Jones going to the Packers. Really? Okay. Seems a little rich for me, but good for him. Uh, At 63, Kansas City, according to Kuiper, takes Malcolm Kuntz. These are a couple of our late-round linebackers that we were getting. Yeah. Kuiper's mentioned a couple of these dudes a few times now as day two guys. Uh, at 64, McShay has Tylen Wallace going to Tampa Bay. We never talk about him, but he's a good prospect. He's a good prospect. A good prospect. I don't see them them going that route. No, especially with Antonio Brown so out there. He can yeah. go back, and they drafted one last year. They don't need receivers. At 65, Kuiper has Jacksonville taking Quinn Miners. Ooh, that'd be nice. I mean, it's your fifth pick. Yeah. At 66, McShay has Jackson Carmen to the Jets. 
that's a quality pick. This I don't is, think he's a tackle either. This is right. why I'm not passing on the center mm-hmm. in the second round. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, 67, Dwayne Eskridge to the Texans. I think he could go on day two. 68, Elijah Molden to the Falcons. Ooh, that'd be, I don't know that he lasts that long. Uh, 69, Kuiper has Aaron Banks to Notre Dame. Uh, or to the Bengals. Yeah, to the we Bengals. We haven't mentioned him much. He's just a masher, guard, yeah. old school, you know, big bodied, you know, fat guy. <laughs> crush you, yeah. Uh, at 70, McShay has Ifeatu if, uh, mm-hmm. Melanfuanu going to the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, he's a traits guy. Yeah. 71, Kuiper has Joseph Aside to the Broncos. Good player. I mean, I guess he'd be a Von Miller. Von Miller's not going to be there forever. Yeah, yeah. rotate him in. 72, McShay has uh, Javon Holland to the Lions. I bet he goes earlier. I'd like him a lot. He tested well. Yeah. I've heard a few people say they think he's their number one safety. I'd have him as mine. Yeah. You he's did. Right, he's right yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Uh, 73, uh, Kuiper has Nico Collins to the Panthers. Yeah, he's big and gets downfield. 74, McShay has James Hudson to Washington. That's a nice neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. 75, uh, Kuiper has Walker Little to the Cowboys. Hmm. The fact that they're going in that neighborhood, I wonder if he's there in the third round for the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, at 76, McShay has Chaz Surratt going to the Giants. There's so many linebackers. That's he's two linebackers he added. Yeah. yeah. He's a run-and-hit guy, but I don't love him. Uh, at 77, uh, Kuiper has Benjamin St. Juice to the Chargers. I think he's going on the second day. Yeah. He's 6'3". I mean, he's he's got traits. Too. Long, yeah. Yeah. 78, uh, McShay has Peyton Turner to the Vikings. Okay. Another edge guy with traits. 79, uh, Kuiper has Spencer Brown to the Raiders. They need somebody that could help now, but it's a you know, long, long-term solution yeah. maybe. At 80, McShay has Levi Owens-Rike. To mm-hmm. the Raiders. They back to back. Only the second D tackle off the board. Only the second. And I don't think that's going to happen. I just think those guys get pushed up because position yeah. scared. That's why I think some of these offensive mm-hmm. tackles fall a little bit more yeah. because I think there's going to be some corners. There's going to be some receivers that go. I, mean, I don't love the D tackle class. Don't get me wrong, but I everybody think needs them. Goes in the first. Yeah. And I bet Ozarike goes in the second. You know. 81, Kuiper has Chris Rumpf to the Dolphins. Yeah, he's another one that's... We just saw him on the TV, and he looked like a cornerback. I was going to mention... I didn't want to say that on the air because we were talking about something totally different. I Just just looking at him in a headshot and a zoom, he looked so little. He looks very little. <laughs> yes. Uh, at 82, uh, McShay has Shai Smith to Washington, the wide receiver hmm. out of South Carolina. I think see him as like a fifth rounder. At 83, Kuiper has Amon Ross St. Brown to the Bears. Their second receiver. They've Are you taken. a fan? He has some juju-like traits. Yeah, I think he played, but he's smaller. He's smaller. He's not real explosive. And they already, they already took a, a slot. What team was that? The Bears. They took Rondell Moore yeah, I, they won't take in the second round, and now they're taking another slot guy. They have so many other needs too. Uh, at eighty-four, McShay has Andre Cisco to the Eagles. That makes sense. At eighty-five, Kuiper has Pat Fryermuth to the Titans. That's late. Very late, but Very they late. have a tight end need. Oh, yeah, they'd be thrilled with that, I think. Yeah. That's the third tight end off the board? Yeah. Yeah. 86, McShay has Wyatt Davis to the Jets. That's another good pick. They just took another guard, too. Yeah. 87, Kuiper has Sean Wade to the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love that. Again, you still haven't filled your center need. No. I mean, the top three are gone. The top three are gone. Uh, 
I mean, I think if you look at uh, Wade had a bad year, but I think if you look at him as a Sutton like player, slot to start, yeah, maybe a maybe safety. a backup safety. Third's a little rich for me though. Yeah, I agree, especially when you have other needs. Yeah, too. yeah, I'd rather do maybe just best offensive lineman. Oh, I guess they took Leatherwood already in this one. Uh, at eighty-eight, McShay has uh, Pete Werner to the Rams. Sounds right. I think that's a neighborhood he's going. 89, Kuiper has Ernest Jones to the Browns. Did you take Warner over uh, the other Ohio State guy for the Steelers? Wade versus Warner? Yeah. I think I'd take Warner. Yeah, I think so. Um, Ernest Jones to the Browns. 90, uh, McShay has Richard LeConte, the uh, safety, safety out of Georgia, to the Vikings. Okay. At 91, Kuiper has a Darius Washington to the Browns. Interesting. They just drafted a slot. I wonder. Or I just, they just signed a slot corner. They did. Do we think he's a slot corner? I think he, he's a slot corner. He's 5'8". I don't think he's a deep safety. Yeah. He's not as strong. Yeah. I think he needs to be Well, Kuiper says he thinks he's a, he's better as a deep safety. It's a 5'8", yeah. 170 or 180-pound deep safety. You don't see many of those. No. Like, how big was Thomas Everett? He didn't run well. No, he didn't. I mean, he's four six, which is fine, but it's okay. Yeah, but, I mean, at those dimensions, you better have some special traits. Yeah, ninety two. McShay has Cade Johnson to the Packers. Hmm. You know, Shai Smith and Cade Johnson, these type of guys going in that neighborhood. Ninety three. Kuiper has Patrick Johnson to the Bills. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Another I mean, linebacker. Is, is he going to be a, you know, fifth round guy that we often steal in mock drafts? Probably not. 94, McShay has Larry Borum, an offensive tackle out of Missouri. Yeah, maybe Kansas guard. City. Okay. I mean, just addressing the need. They still haven't taken a tackle. They took Dickerson and Borum. Borum's maybe a tackle, but yeah. I think he's more of a guard. At, at 95, Kuiper has Cameron Sample, the defensive end out of Tulane, to Tampa Bay. I think he's a quality player. 96, McShay has Tay Gowan, the cornerback from UCF, to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Opted out this year, though. Yeah. At 97, Kuiper has Simi Fehoko, uh, the wide receiver out of Stanford, added to the Chargers. I, I don't think that's far-fetched. I think he's a you know, a day-two guy. 98, McShay has Paulson Adebo to the Saints. Okay. At uh, 99, Kuiper has Jamar Johnson, the safety at a, Utah's not right. It's Illinois. It's Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, they have it written down there. Uh, to, to Dallas. Player. Yeah. I think he's one of the top safeties off the board. Uh, McShay has uh, at 100 Hamasaw Nazardin, the safety out of Florida safety. State, Big to Tennessee. Uh, then you got the, to, to the Lions, Demetric Felton. I can see that. I mean, Swift is kind of redundant, though. Yeah. They need other things. At 102, uh, Davian Nixon goes to San Francisco. That's only the third D tackle off the board. At 103, Sage Surratt goes to the Rams. Yeah. 104, Josh Myers to the Ravens. I think he's very worth that pick. 105, Deo blah, 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 yeah. goes to from Vanderbilt, goes mm-hmm. to the uh, Saints. And you have to wait a year on him, probably. Yeah. Um, again, not many. Our boy Green didn't go off the board. Didn't go. Center, you know. There's uh, you know some hope there. If you're the Steelers, you might have to trade up and go get him because mm-hmm. uh, you don't pick again until 120. Especially with Josh Myers just falling or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't take Wade in the third round. And I think your point about Leatherwood – I mean, if Creed Humphrey's sitting there, I'll take, take Creed Humphrey. I mean, like, right, yeah. Go, right, right, right. Yeah, I just think that that's mm-hmm. where the need is at. Yeah. But, and, uh, and it's tough on these guys. They don't know the team needs 
as we don't talk about every day like we do. You know, they know they need O line, and they're probably the best O lineman on the board, so they grab them. You know, yeah. but it, I, I do like these things, especially from Kuiper's perspective. When he puts Rumpf in the end of the second, makes me think he ain't gonna be there in the fourth round. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, those type of things. Yeah. Yeah, this close to the draft, that's mm-hmm. usually the case. Uh, but that's going to do it for that uh, three-round mock draft from uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. And that's going to do it for our segment. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, it is mock draft time. We're okay. a, a week out. This is our yeah, week out mock draft. We're not making any trades today. All right. We're doing the uh, Draft Network's trades. We're going to pick in the Steelers' spots. Fine by me. And uh, just to give you a rundown of some of the guys that went just ahead of where we pick here, uh, the Dolphins took Jalen Phillips hmm. at 18. 19 was Zayvon Collins to the wow. Washington football team. Rashad Bateman goes at 20 to the Bears. Greg Newsom at 21 to the Colts. Okay. No, no real surprises there. But. Elijah Moore at 22 to the Titans. He's gaining some steam. Gaining some steam. Yeah. 23, the Jets take Najee Harris. Wow. I mean, it's a nice pick for what presumably is going to be a rookie opening day starter. I mean, he'd be a very friendly guy to dump the ball to and easy throws. And uh, they, have a, they have some extra picks. I mean, that could be a landing spot. So the top offensive tackles available. Samuel Cosme, Alex Leatherwood, Liam Eikenberg, Dylan Raddins, Brady Christensen. Brady Christensen, we did the mock draft with Mel and uh, Todd McShay yeah. in the previous segment. Brady Christensen was still available. Yeah, so I don't remember that name being Went into the fourth round. the fourth round. There's a lot of tackles. There were a lot of tackles. I mean, that would have been a guy that had you passed. They, they took Leatherwood in the second round. Yeah. You could have taken the center there and, and still gotten got Brady Christensen in the third in round. Third or maybe even fourth. That's not bad. My problems with Christensen aren't – he's short-armed and he's a little older, but not too he's, bad. He's 23. He's, he tested really well. Yeah. Super athletic. I don't know athletic. if he's a guard, though. You know, I mean, just because he – I think there's a misconception that he's got short arms, he has to go to guard. Well, that doesn't mean he can handle Here's the thing. Tackles. If you've got short arms and you're not athletic, mm-hmm. then you've got problems. Oh, and then you've got problems, right, if right. You're, if you've got shorter arms and you are athletic mm-hmm. and you can mirror well – yeah, I mean, then the short arms don't. Yeah, the short draft. arms don't matter as much. You can overcome it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, just some of those. I think it's sort of a shortcut at times. It's just a pet peeve that he's a little short arms for tackle, so he's gonna be great to guard. Well, not necessarily. You can deal with yeah. Cam Hayward. And, he might be six know. eight. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Stone Forsyth was also still available there. That mm, okay, yeah, he was. On so there were team. a couple guys there that we could have taken. We if we did, if they gone center, they could have mm-hmm. gone for that to offensive. Devontae attack. Smith was too. The more I think about yeah. it, yeah. So yeah, there were guys. Of, there were guys there. Um, obviously, with Harris off the board, the top running backs available are Travis Atn and Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Again, that this is the Draft Network's rankings. They have Atn as the thirty third best player. They have. Javante Williams is 35. Again, I prefer guys, ATN now. These guys are really close. They're really close, so yeah. Um, 
what other position would we consider here? I don't, uh, I'm going to I'm going to center linebacker. I'm going to take a look at all available here. Yeah, uh, Christian Barmore. No, 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 no. no. Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. He'd be a great pickup, but I just don't think that's. A I don't think he fits super well. Right. Yeah. Elijah Vera Tucker's available. Yeah, I just don't know where he fits. Yeah. Quiddy Pay, Azizo Jolari, Joe Tryon, Leatherwood, Trevon Morig, Jamin Davis, ATN, Jason Owa, Javante Williams, Landon Dickerson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that comes down to Dickerson, Jamin Davis, or to me, ATN. I mean, there's a case for Javante Williams, too. And I would I, pick ATN. I just think you take the running back here yeah. and be happy about it. We'll I would just, take ATN. We'll, we'll take ATN there. Mm-hmm. I think he has more every down qualities than I originally gave him credit for. All right, so the picks are ticking off the board here. Uh, just to look here, uh, the the Browns took Quiddy Pay, the Ravens took uh, Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, we're back up here. The picks right ahead of us. Uh, Dylan Raddins at fifty-one. Yeah, to Washington. Liam Eikenberg at fifty to Dolphin. The Dolphins. Dylan Raddins at fifty-one goes to Washington. Davis Mills to the Bears. I could see that. Peyton Turner goes at fifty-three to the Titans. I could see that. Brady Christensen at fifty-four to the Colts. Wow. I mean, he's perfect for the Colts if you're going to wait till round two. Yeah. Okay, so the top guys available: Creed Humphrey. That's going to be hard to pass. <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> Not a lot of intrigue, I think, with yeah. the first two picks. Levi Omozarike, Wyatt Davis, uh, Ronnie Perkins, Amari Rogers, Gregory Rousseau, Joseph Asai, Diami Brown, Jabril Cox, Jamar Johnson. I'm seeing Rousseau more and more deep into the second yeah, round. Yeah, he didn't test well. Didn't Tommy test Tremble, who didn't go and Mellon Todd's yeah. uh, Quinn Miner still available. Jalen Mayfield still available. It's Creed Humphrey. It's Creed Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. So it's he's Creed probably Humphrey. the opening day starter, and hopefully for the next 10 for years. For the next 10 years, yeah. yeah. I think you'd be very happy with that. The, you'd that, take those, that, too. That first two days. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to talk about getting your running game going, and ETN brings a lot to the it's table. Your, it's, your two, weapon, it's your two too. biggest holes. Yeah, right. And you just you just filled them both. And you got a top-tier, maybe the best player of each position, you know, but yeah. that certainly Arguably. the top-tier. Right, yeah, right. Per, okay, so we're back up here at 87. Uh, the top guys available, Tommy Togiai. I like him a lot. Yeah. I just don't know that he's a stealer. Tylen Wallace. Okay. Michael Carter. Yeah. Spencer Brown. Interesting. Interesting. Kenneth Gamewell, no. Kellen Mond, no. No. Ben Cleveland, no. No. Stone Forsythe. Interesting. Interesting. Trey Sermon. This is where Trey Sermon goes, yeah. folks. Not in the second round. Third round is, is, is where Trey Sermon belongs. If I'm thrilled with my first two picks and didn't go running back, I wouldn't have a problem with Thur- Sermon in three. Yeah. Nazar Ladeen. Uh, the safety, Trey Smith out of Tennessee. Yeah. Hunter Long. That's interesting. Uh, Marlon Tuyapapaluto. Any linebackers? Uh, Cameron McGrone is the highest rated yeah. guy there. Guess we kind of lost out on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, James Hudson still available. There was three tackles you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but Hunter Long is pretty exciting, too. Do you think we can get that one of those? Well, let's, let's see what's still available at the tight end position. Okay, so it's Hunter Long. And then down to Kenny Yaboa. That's now there's, there's a drop off there. Yeah. yeah. So your question then you talked when you're sitting there, okay, you look at Kevin Colbert, can we sign somebody? The answer is yes. To be our number two, yes. Yes. Okay. I mean Jesse James is the obvious name. Yeah. That doesn't mean you wouldn't. Can we sign another offensive tackle that's going to provide us with uh, I know upside. one name and I'm not sure how that negotiations are going or if they're interested. And is there upside there? Well no. No, there's no upside. Okay, I mean, so you get your no upside with either one of the You're looking signings. here you're at Spencer Brown's still available. Mm-hmm. Stone Forsythe's still available. 
James Hudson still available. They were the three that Deontay I... Deontay Smith's still available. And four of them. There's four. Walker, four Walker Little's actually still available, too. They got him ranked a little lower. I'd like to do Hunter Long. Okay. And if one of those four is available, I'm jumping on them. But I bet they don't last another round. Which would be unfortunate, but I'd rather call we could, Al we back. Could, than we could come out of this with no young offensive tackle to throw into the room. I know, I know. And I think they might be okay with that because they did, you know, yeah. make make the signing. I mean, there's some fifth round guys too. I mean, it doesn't right. I mean, not project as the guy at a Marshall or, or yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, he has some off the field, but there are some guys that maybe. Okay, we're coming up here again at 128. I mean, how long is going to play for you? You would yep. think. Yeah, you'd think he's going to get on the field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the top guys available at offensive tackle. We're looking there first. Deontay Smith. Interesting. Robert Hainsey. I don't know if he's a tackle. Walker Little still available. I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, I don't even think we need to look anymore right. there. Let's see. It's cornerback position. That's still in the corner. certainly an interest. Trey Brown. I like him. Rodarius Williams. Maybe. Keith Taylor, Ambry Thomas, Marco Wilson, Kerry Vincent. Shakur Brown. There's some. There's some options. Yeah. There. There's more options there than there are tackle, and we pick Nobody again. Jumps out like yeah. We pick again at 140. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just take a look at the best available. And the best available guy is Jalen Twyman, according He's to not Br- really for me. According to the Draft Network camera sample, uh, the kid from Vanderbilt, the edge. Yeah. You Marvin. Wait a lot. Marvin Wilson. I know you liked him. Patrick yeah. Jones, Killen Hill, Deontay Smith. I think we got to take one of the tackles. Yeah. At this point. I prefer Little. I think you take Little, and, and, and it's a fourth-round draft pick. It's a fourth-round pick. He works out. You you hit a home run. Big time. Big time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he and Smith are similar in that they were both highly ranked kids coming out of Very college. Very athletic. Out of right, high school. Right. Really athletic. I think I'd Little's, be happy with either in a fourth-round. I think round. Little's the better player. I think he is the higher upside. The higher upside. Right, yeah. right. And better tape, although it was two years ago. Yeah. He's the pick. Okay. We're back up again here at 140. Uh, the, the cornerback market is now Rodarius Williams, mm. Ambry Thomas, Marco Wilson, Kerry Vincent, Bryce Thompson out of Tennessee, Thomas Graham out of Oregon, Shakur Brown out of uh, Michigan State. I don't dislike that group or doing cartwheels for any of those yeah, guys. Let's, let's take a look a at the group. Take a look at the edge. The kid out of Vandy is still there. Wow. As the somebody who's going to have to. Report on him over the next uh, you know, decade. I don't know. That you don't I, want to spell his name. I gotta learn. I'd have to learn how to say it and pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, you sure would. Odie Mbingo, I believe, is he? Is that uh, sound right? I don't know. Ode Mbingo, perhaps. Deo Ode Mbingo. <laughs> Patrick Jones, uh, Ogando from uh, Notre Dame, Dalen Hayes, Josh Kando, Rashad Weaver. Um, it's not a horrible group. Chauncey Golston. I kind of like Chauncey Golson. Jonathan Cooper, Shaka Tony, Patrick Johnson. Yeah, I like a couple of those guys. Patrick Johnson and... Uh, Malcolm Kuntz still available. Yeah. There's several there I like. I like that group better than the corners. Any linebackers... Does that make you then take the cornerback? I know. As opposed to taking the... the do you take the bird in hand? I think I like just one of those edge dudes. I think I like Kuntz the best. Me too. Let's go there. Let's do it. Kuntz is the pick. If they're going to give you a, a nice pick at that position of need, just take it. I mean, that's what we do with Little. That's what we do with Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Now we got our dead period here. Yeah. And so this is where this it gets. This is where it gets ugly. And this is where trading down, you know, would have been nice if add, you'd had a another pick there. Yeah, we we would have taken care of that need. We'll see if uh, you know some of these guys, some of these little slot corners may not go. See, that's what I was about to say. Is 
we probably aren't going to find the 6-1 long project anymore, but we might find the, the feisty go-getter slot guy that can help on special teams as a gunner and do a lot of stuff and be a backup slot. There you go. Shakur Brown's still available. That's we're a up good at, one. We're up at 216. Um, you think he's more slot, right? Yeah. 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 He didn't. I mean, again, another four six ish guy, mm-hmm. which is fine for the That's slot. That's okay. Yeah. How, what's he move like? Yeah. yeah. That's a, you know you're not getting is he tough. Can yeah. play in a line scrimmage. Let's just take a look at the safety position just uh, to, to see if there's anything there as well. Uh, you got Ashari Some Crosswell. Some of those can play slot too. Yeah. Uh, Ashari Crosswell out of Arizona State. Nick Pickett out of Oregon. Tyler Coyle out of Purdue. Todd Harris out of LSU. This has been pretty well picked. Over. Yeah, that's pretty lean. Yeah, I'm looking there. Michael Carter out of Duke is still available. He projects yeah. to the slot, um, but I don't think you take him there. No. Uh, he may be a, a an after-the-draft kind of guy. I'd consider taking two defensive backs from this point on. Yeah, let's, well, let's see what the overall looks like here. Uh, so you get Shakir Brown, Cornell Pyle, uh, Denomador Lenore out of Oregon, Patrick Johnson still available, Wyatt Hubert still available, Demetric Felton, um, Jalen Darden, Avery Williams, Rashad Wild Goose. Guys there I like, you know, Darden and Felton. Yeah. I just think we got to take a corner. And Shakir Brown's still there. Yeah. He's near the top of the board at any position. How about this? Here's a guy, um, Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan, still mm-hmm. available too. Um, so there's there's tackles late into this draft. Yeah, some of these project tackles will be their fifth, sixth round Yeah, we take Shakir Brown there. Yeah, I think so. Okay, we're ticking down here again. A lot of our picks have the same feel, that they're kind of the obvious guy to take here. Yeah, I mean, they have upside, but they could help now, too. Yeah. And you, some of these guys you're seeing taken earlier in other drafts, again, there's so much it's, it's hard to project. flexibility there between rounds three and six. Yeah, oh, there is. Uh, okay, so we're back up here at 245. The top guys available, Lenore out of Oregon, the cornerback, yeah. Wyatt Hubert, the edge out of K-State, uh, Avery Williams, the cornerback out of Boise State. Another so, corner wouldn't break my heart. Um, Williams kind of projects as a slot. He's 5'9", 197. Mm-hmm. He might even be a safety. Be interesting. Yeah. And we took a slot. Um, uh, Darden is still available. Yeah. Might be happy about that a year from now. Yeah. Rashad Wild Goose still available. He Four was times. an opt-out. Um, he's he's 5'11", 190. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a little more size. It's not horrible. More of a project. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you probably Projects ends up fine. probably ends up on your practice uh, practice squad. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Tay Gowan's still available. Tay Gowan, six two, one eighty five, cornerback. That you know. I would take that. I would take him. Um, he opted out too. I mean. Yeah. Well, let's take him. Back yeah. to back corners. That's fine. Absolutely. And we got another pick still up at two fifty four. Any position standing out at you? This is where if you're going to take a, that again that project. Defensive tackle would make some sense. Would make some sense here just to take a look at. Yeah, I mean they they just keep throwing you know big guys at the board and mm-hmm. see who fits. Um, I mean, if there's a guard there, I would even consider it. That position has been pretty well picked over. There's one guy here that I kind of like. Um, you got Forrest Merrill out of Arkansas State, Lorenzo Neal out of Purdue, Taquan Graham out of Texas, Malik Herring out of Georgia. Kyrie Campbell out of Florida. Jordan Scott out of Oregon is the guy that I kind of like there of that group. Okay. Um, he's 6'1", 322. He's kind of a true nose. Yeah, right, right. Um, if they still like that position or, or you know have a role for it, there are some noses in this neighborhood that I think are 
value. Create some competition for those guys yeah. on the back end of your roster. Um, I think that's fine. We haven't taken a wide receiver. I was thinking that, too, because I'm sure there's somebody that's somewhat interesting here. All right, you got Marlon Williams at a UCF. Uh, Michael Stray, uh, what is it, Strahan Charleston out of uh, – hmm, I think I know him. He's out of uh, – he didn't play. Hmm. That's, that's <laughs> he doesn't have a school? 6'5", 228. They just list him as NCAA. He comes from the – he must have played at Charleston. Okay. I don't know anything about that guy. Yeah. Well, he had uh, – he played uh, Division two football, so he didn't play last year. He had 78 catches for 1,139 yards and 19 touchdowns. Hmm. Oh, I, I had him in my uh, – on our uh, – as, as the guy – one of the guys in our uh, – Triple takes. Oh, you did I made note him. Of, I made okay. note of him. Yeah, they didn't play last year, but he's a he's an intriguing yeah. guy. He ran a four five. Yeah, he's a toolsy guy. Toolsy huh? guy. So there's some stuff there. And again, six five two twenty eight. You pair him with Claypool sometimes. Or, yeah. You know. Or you know he goes on your practice yeah. squad this year. Uh, Brandon Smith. I remember talking about him now. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't have a problem taking him at the end of the draft. Brandon Smith out of Iowa. Okay. Austin Watkins out of UAB. Sage Surratt out of Wake Forest. Tim Jones out of Southern Miss. Dax Milne out of uh, BYU, Racy McMath out of LSU. We took him in, in the past because mm-hmm. he's just a size speed guy. Uh, Tyron Grimes out of Florida, Walt Filer uh, out of Indiana. I mean, obviously it's pretty picked through. I mean, yeah, I mean Strahan sticks out the, the, the most there from that. I mean, he's intriguing. The running back position. Might as well take. Let's take a look at it. Jarrett Patterson out of Buffalo. Productive. Uh, C.J. Maribel out of Coastal Carolina. Okay. Deion Jackson at Duke. He's an interesting guy. I don't know much about him. I had I put him in, in the uh, – we did our running back triple take that we sent in earlier yeah, this week. Yeah, we're going to record that tomorrow, right? He ran like a 4-4. Duke kid you're talking about? Duke kid. 4-4-40. He's 6 – I'm sorry, he's 5'11", 220. Wow. He caught 60 passes at Duke. Um, there's, there's some tools there. Those that, three things I liked. Yeah, there's some tools there. You, you know, he's a different – he kind of if you take ATN, you might want the banger. Yeah, uh, but again, two hundred twenty pound guy mm-hmm. um, catches the ball pretty well. I mean, it's a there's some there's some fumble issues. There's some fumble issues there that you could yeah. probably clean up. Get him to get you know. I don't play on handing the ball this year. Right. Yeah. Who knows? I'm fine with that. Um, you got uh, Spencer Brown out of UAB. Ben Mason out of Michigan. He's the fullback. He's the fullback. Guy, yeah. He's He'd play special teams for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to keep two fullbacks on the team. You're not going right. to, but, man, he's – Somebody's going to like him. Yeah, he's 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 impressive. Uh, Larry Roundtree out of Missouri is still available. Yeah, he's okay. Um, yeah. Um, Duke running back's fine by me. Okay, let's take him. Let's see, let's, let's see what they say about him. They list him at 6'220". Mm-hmm. I think he came in at, like, 5'11", 220 at, okay. the, at their pro but he's a bigger guy. But again, ran a 4'440". Yeah, yeah. He caught the ball. That's what I like yeah. hearing is he has a lot so of he's a, an RB3 that his value is an inside runner and on passing downs. Great. Okay. I mean, I'm hoping he's good in protection. I would think so, I yeah. I would think so. I mean, I'm guessing. Yeah. All right. Let's take him. Deion Jackson is the pick. Okay. I'm going to do some homework on him. Okay. So, we got our picks. Ended up being Travis Atn at 24. Yeah. Creed Humphrey at 55. Fine with that. That's a that. that's a right. home right there. Your draft is a home run. I mean, you would think your running game <laughs> took a big step forward yeah. with those two picks. Uh, Hunter Long at eighty-seven, very useful. Walker Little at one twenty-eight. I don't know if the Steelers go 
offense, 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 offense. So that's the only Maybe problem not. with that. I mean, yeah. That third pick could be a linebacker. Or, or a corner. Or like yeah. Corner. Corner, yeah. At 140, we went edge. Mm-hmm. We went with Malcolm Coons. Coons which I think is good value, too. At 216, we went with Shakur Brown. Need that. Corner. Then we doubled up. Yeah, then we went down and, and took another corner, Tay Gowan, out of UCF. Good. Different style. And at 254, we took Deion Jackson, the running back out of Duke. Yeah, which is just a, a shot. I, I, again, we filled all the needs that you look at and say. No linebackers, though. We didn't get the inside linebacker. Maybe we didn't get a yeah. linebacker, right. You Not can have some success doing that, though, bringing it. I mean, you, you found Robert Spillane mm-hmm. off the scrap heap. I'm not ready to write Gilbert totally off yet, either. Yeah, you're going to give Ulysses Gilbert, obviously, if, this, if the draft goes this way, mm-hmm. another opportunity to yeah. get on the field and stay healthy. Um, he's, got, he's got the traits. I mean, I wouldn't have minded adding a Rice or a Wallow or somebody like that. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't have everything. They weren't available. They weren't, there was yeah. never a point where there was a linebacker sticking out at us. And Walker Little at pick 128 was a complete gift. That's the one that maybe could, that could have been a linebacker yeah. or long. But that was know? just a, a complete those, gift. Yeah, you're going to take that. I mean, you can't. He may end up being a pro bowler. I mean, it yeah. might be a year from now, and he's starting left tackle for a lot of years. Yeah, it's not like the injury issues with him were, were a, a bunch of injury things. It's not like the Farley thing either. Yeah. Or, or, you know, he had a torn ACL in, in, right. in 2019, and then, he and, opted out. and then he opted out. Right. Yeah, like many teams. Like many prospects did. Yeah. So uh, you're getting a, a, a raw but very talented mm-hmm. left tackle. Left tackle. Prototypical yeah. left tackle traits. Yeah. yeah. And that, that in itself is worth a third-round pick. And I think looking at that draft, you fixed your, you fixed your run game. You hope to. I mean, assuming those guys hit, pretty I good mean, chance you fixed your run game. Yeah, without question. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and you probably you got your starting center for the next ten years. That's what I was about to say. Is you got a you potential got a center, potential starting tight end, maybe yeah. not right away, but certainly but much different than Ebron. Yeah, I mean, much different than Ebron, and he, he's not just a blocker. That's for yeah. sure. And an edge in, in Malcolm Koontz that has upside. If he could be a long term three. Or push better. push Highsmith right, for a starting right. spot, or you yeah, know. I'd be a rotational guy. And you and you took two cornerbacks who were you know one of the two hits, you're fine. Yeah, I mean as a is even a roster guy as a third third dude. Yeah, uh, again, trading down is always our move, and you could see where you're a little light when you don't trade down when you don't pick up an extra pick here and there. All of a sudden, you don't have the linebacker, and you know this is probably more realistic. <coughs> um, I don't think any of these picks are far-fetched, though. I no, mean, I don't think so. And I think what you see, the Steelers not having a fifth-round pick. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have that fifth-round pick. Oh, but yeah. Not, you know, that, because I think when you get to about 170-ish in this draft, 160, 170. If you don't got your needs solved. It falls right? off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It falls off hard. We talked about this, I think, on Monday. There are some deep positions, but I didn't realize this until today that fewer – players um, applied for the draft than any other year. Six or seven N- rounds aren't that great. The NCAA opened that up so guys could go back yeah, this yeah, year yeah. if you were a senior, and a lot of guys did that. Mm-hmm. To A, put out, a you get to finish your degree. Right, right. B, you get to go back and put more on tape. Maybe you only played six games this year. Yeah, Maybe you played enough f- to show. Yeah. Right. So now you get an opportunity. If I'm 22 and I say, okay, I'm going to be 23 next year, I'm still young enough that I can. It's not that big. Of a, yeah. That's my negative is I'm a little bit over age. If I, yeah, well. if I wouldn't have been, you know, maybe this year based on those four games that we played, I would have been a sixth-round pick. Well, next year if I do it. And I play those four games with a bad ankle. I play, yeah, yeah, I play all 12 games. Now I pu- push myself up into a fourth-round pick or a third-round mm-hmm. pick. And as, we, you know, as we've seen, guys 
who we go into the season not talking about them at all, mm-hmm. all of a sudden become something. It's happened, you know, you see it a lot of oh, tons. The quarterback position in the last few That's years is a perfect example. Yeah. Sure. Um, but it happens. But my hunch is next year's draft will be much deeper. Mm, next year's draft is consider- considerably deeper right. because of those those I guys mean, that are going back. I don't know who the studs are, but I bet the fifth round's better next year than yes, the fifth the, round the, is this year. That's already been talked about. Like This is why some teams are stockpiling next year's picks. Yeah, I think some smart teams will be doing that. I don't know if the Steelers are in position to get much in the way of next year's picks. Like I don't know if they can give up their fourth for a next year's third. They need some stuff now. Yeah. But if they trade down and they pick up a third like we often do or something like that or, you know, the comp pick stuff, um, Steelers could be in good shape with draft capital a year from now. Yeah, let's just take a quick look here to see where some of our uh, more favorite players went here. Um, okay. Let's take a look at that second round. Um, what like the Baltimore Birdies do or the Brownies? Yeah, or, the, you know. uh, the Bengals took Terrace Marshall at 38. I think they'd welcome that. They, they, they probably they, had Sewell in the first round then. Uh, d- d- uh, Cosme went at 39 to the Panthers. Hmm. Uh, Baron Browning's the other inside linebacker. Yeah. from. Uh, he went at 41 to Detroit. That's pretty early. Yeah. Uh, the inside linebackers that. went pretty early. I'd say there was never a, a linebacker on the board. They went yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, they went quick. Um, uh, the guys who went right after us at 55 were Ronnie Perkins to the Seattle, Wyatt Davis to at 57 to the Rams. The Ravens took Amari Rodgers. Hmm. Elijah Molden went to the Browns at 59. Ooh, that'd be a nice pickup. Yeah. I mean, they added a slot, but he's a, just a good player to add to the mix. Gregory Rousseau to the Bills at 61. Interesting. He fits what they do. Jabril Cox goes to... him at the end of the second round. Yeah, Jabril Cox goes to the Chiefs at 63. Yeah, they the took William Gay last year, but Cox, I think, is better. Yeah. And you can pair those guys. Yeah, up. they'll yeah. be fine. They play a 4-3. Get rid of Hitchens, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's sixty. Uh, this, the third round, Dwayne Eskridge to the Jets at sixty-six. Okay. Quinn Miners goes at sixty-seven to the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I'd gladly take him in the sixties. Yeah. Um, Pete Werner goes at seventy-one to the Broncos. Yeah, linebackers went quick. Yeah. Tommy Tremble goes to the Panthers in, at seventy-three. Yeah, I, I like Tremble a lot. Do you think he's a third rounder when it's all said and done? I kind of. Kind of feel that way, yeah. Borderline second rounder, you mm-hmm. know, def- definitely a third round guy. So light. One of the guys that you like, Janarius uh, G- Robinson, goes at seventy-seven. Wow, that's the earliest to I've the seen Chargers. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quincy Roche goes at seventy-eight to the Vikings. Mm. Some of those edge rushers are going to go earlier than people think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Roche's Mil- a good player. Yeah, Milton Williams goes to the Raiders at seventy-nine. Ooh, I think they'd love that. Yeah, Mayfield finally goes to the Raiders at eighty. He's not going to go super high, I don't think. I don't think so either. Divine Diablo, our favorite name from this draft, goes at 82 to Washington. He'd be a linebacker, I think. Yeah, I think so. They probably call him a safety. I think he's probably a linebacker. Uh, Jackson Carmen goes at 85 to the Titans. He's their style. Big physical masher. We took Hunter Long at 87. Uh, Cameron McGrone went at 88 to the Rams. He could be a stealer for me. Yeah. I mean, he's not in the top two tiers probably. He replaced Bush at yeah, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. He flies know. around the field. Yeah. And he's reeled in a little bit, but Vince would hold down A little bit spot. bigger than Bush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Cleveland, then the Browns take Ben Cleveland at 89, the interior mm. the guard from uh, Georgia. Their draft's going to be interesting. Yeah. They then, they get, then they get Tommy Togi at 91. Wow. Yeah, D-Tackle, I think, has moved up the board on them. Uh, Spencer Brown went to the Packers at 92. That's a good landing spot. Yeah. Trey Sermon goes to the Bills at 93. Hmm. I think that's about where he'll go. Yeah. Ooh. The Chiefs took Tylen Wallace at 94. 
adding a little more yeah. weapons. I bet they uh, draft somebody pretty high. I don't yeah. know if they trust Hardman. Uh, the Buccaneers took Ellerson Smith. Again, another edge going. We haven't talked a lot about him either, but he's a pretty intriguing guy. Yeah. Uh, the Saints took Jordan Smith, the other edge out of UAB. Yeah, both those Smiths are pretty interesting. Uh, again, a lot higher. of edge guys. Uh, Stone Forsyth did go at 101 to the Lions. He looks like a lion. Yeah. Um, James Hudson went at 103 to the Rams. That makes sense. I think they drafted two offensive linemen you mentioned. Yeah. So Athletic guys. Yeah, those offensive tackles uh, – Again, did you happen to notice quarterbacks? I mean, it's. I think Mills went in the second round. Yeah, I'm wondering. Well, we got where through round three there. Mond has. And Mond didn't go. Yeah. Or Trask hadn't Trash gone. didn't yeah. go. Wow. So I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Bears or Washington or Tampa, maybe New Orleans, I think you think about those guys on day two. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Because you have other them. needs, and it, again, you you know. Yeah. You know. I mean, Tampa. They don't have anybody in the building. Right. I mean, at least get somebody that could learn. You have this great asset to teach a young quarterback. It's, it's, it's what you know. It's what Belichick did with Brady all, all those time. years. Yeah. Yeah. All the time he'd use a day two pick on Garoppolo or you know any of those type of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Learn from Tom. Yeah, but that's going to do it for this mock draft. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. We'll be less than a week out from yeah, the actual draft. There. We're getting there. So uh, Friday we might do our. Uh, we'll just go through that whole first round alternating picks ourselves. I'm up for that. We should, we're going to do that. Uh, lots of good stuff coming here. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. For my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht, uh, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. We want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.